in the next five years, you definitely will see us opening around five to six malls a year. It's business as usual, Tim. Welcome to the Real Estate Asia podcast, where industry leaders discuss emerging trends and business models, their upcoming developments, and how the real estate industry is evolving. And now here's your host, Tim Charlton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this exclusive interview with SM Super Mall's president, Stephen Tan. I am Tim Charlton, the publisher of Real Estate Asia, and this is our very first podcast and my very first interview for Real Estate Asia, so I'm very delighted to have Stephen here with us. Uh, he is, of course, the president of SM Super Malls. Anybody who has been to the Philippines knows SM Super Malls, and of course, they're not just in the Philippines, they're also uh, in China. Now, Stephen oversees mall developments in both the Philippines and China, and he led the launch and operations of the SM Mall of Asia, SM Aura Premier, Mega Fashion Mall, and The Podium, which is one of my favorites when I'm in Manila. And uh, I think we'll talk later on the fantastic job they've done there at increasing the floor space, new building, and also change in tenant mix. Of course, all of these developments under Stephen have paved the way for SM's entry into the upscale mall positioning. Welcome, Stephen. Uh, thank you for having me, uh, Tim, today. Terrific. Well, look, um, there's been a lot of uh, challenges, some good and some put upon us. So let's um, get straight into it. I think people are very keen to hear about the SM story and especially the story over the last 12 months and then going forward. So let me first start with asking, how has the pandemic affected your business and how are you able to cope with it? And what were perhaps some of the strategies that you have implemented? Okay. Um, you know, Tim, as with many other businesses, no, SM had to close its doors, unfortunately, to the public last uh, March 2020 for two months. It has never, ever happened before. No? But of course, except from the essential services such as the supermarket, drugstores, and you know, a few takeout restaurants, nothing was allowed to, 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 to be operational. There was no public transportation in Metro Manila. Everything's closed. And you know, there was a justified fear of of course, uh, contracting COVID-19. Our tenant partners were very, very much affected negatively, of course, no? but we didn't stay still. First, what we SM did is we gave rental relief. Then we used the time to prepare them for the reopening of the malls, to institute many safe malling protocols and signages in our malls so that our customers would be guided in the new normal. And also, we came up with uh, a tenant playbook for all the new rules and uh, protocols that were in line with the government regulations. As you see, nobody has seen this happening. That's never happened, Tim. It was the, this, was, this was the first time. So nobody knew how to reopen their business. So tenants ha really have to be guided more than anything. I think more than the rental reliefs, more than it's, it's really guiding your tenant. Those are key. Those are very important during the time. no? And then, of course, we began reopening the malls in mid-May, but it was only 20% of the same period last the previous year in, uh, in terms of sales volume. Imagine if you're doing 100,000 per tenant a day, you were all, all of a sudden just doing like 20,000. It's like really 20% of, of what they were doing the previous year was only the one that, that they were doing. No? But of course, uh, we promoted our safe mauling procedures heavily, help our, you know, the so-called MSMEs or micro, small and medium, medium entrepreneur tenants to open and survive. 
and in, we also invested heavily in technology yeah? we to keep the malls clean and covid free so what was given by the government was the least that, that that's the minimum the barest minimum we did no but of course we use technology to over exaggerate also when it comes to it's also gaining the confidence of the customers back to make sure that they feel safe when they're in a shopping center well we also fast track our omni channel retail efforts so that whether you want to buy anything from the malls or have it delivered to your home or you just want to pick it up on on curbside or you want actually you can even call a personal shopper to do your errands for you or you order from a countless third-party application uh, apps that we partner with you could always access sm super malls i think during that time accessibility is key how you want it the customers are the king you want it to have it delivered you want to call you want to be assisted you want to go there physically all the options you have to make it readily available to the customers that i think was the key for us to survive during that time now in short we really actually never stopped doing what we normally do but in 2020 we actually doubled our efforts to reach out to our customers our founder mr henry c senior once said during good times we work hard but in bad times we work harder I think that was really, to sum up 2020, it was really like that. Yeah, just tell us about some of those initiatives. What proved to be uh, the most useful for customers? Was it curbside pickup? Was it personal shoppers? Was it using third-party apps? What really picked up for you in that period? I think it's the use of a third-party app. You know, you have all these um, aggregators that help you out. Now you have the Lala Food, the Grab Food, and the delivery app. All this really helped. But, you know, one thing that is fun, one thing that is surprising, no? because we're, we're, we're scattered all over the country. We're not just in Metro Manila. We have from Luzon all the way down to Mindanao. So there are a lot of places where the third party up are not yet, you know, available in that area. So what we did, I think um, anybody could, you know, this is something that is, you know, when, when push comes to shove, you just do everything you can. No? We use displaced jeepney drivers or tricycle drivers that were not allowed to take passengers as uh, delivery personnel for, for, for the mall, for the shopping center. In a way, you're helping the community. You're giving them employment because there was nothing. They, they, cannot, they cannot even ply the road or take any passengers. So what they did is they also pivoted they also transformed their business from a jeepney driver taking on passenger to a delivery service for the shopping center to deliver goods for the people who's not yet confidence in going out of, of, of their homes. No? So that is something that hmm, I, I'm so proud of that we were able to do. And Stephen, how did people place their orders from home in, uh, that's not third party apps, how did people place their orders in Mindanao or areas not serviced by grab food, for example? They could call a number. They could call a number, call us, or we have a Viber community. Our Viber community, actually, Tim, is the biggest Viber community. We created that Viber community the following day the mall was locked down. The mall was locked down on March 16th or on March 17th. The Viber, but the Viber chat group is already up, and we, we overnight, like we have 100,000 followers. 
imagine that's just one e one evening overnight you you already have about a hundred thousand followers so it grew until to to millions of followers no, in in that chat group um you know again i said accessibility is key you give everything you can to your customers making it accessible whether it's through email they could email us go to their website call us on the phone use viber use facebook uh, the marketplace anything so you have to be reachable yeah you know one thing i've noticed with sm group in in the philippines is the malls occupy a much more central place in filipinos living in hearts because you don't have smaller you know suburban strip shops with everything the malls really are everything to the filipino community and i, I imagine when when COVID hit and you were shut for two months it really affected a lot of people's psyches can you tell us maybe some any heartwarming anecdotes or stories of of how you were able to help your customers and partners through that bleakest of times okay i think you know in, in during that time as i've said earlier you know a lot of people were a lot of ofws even i don't uh, ofw by the way stands for uh, overseas filipino workers you no know, who does not have any living at all so we really help the community you work closely with the community of course we ourselves we also donated a lot of relief goods we as sm is one of the biggest companies in the philippines if not the biggest company uh we also reach out and help local communities no? so it's not about just earning a living it's not just about uh earning money from your customers making sure that they come to the mall but also during bad times you really have to reach out and you really have to help your community we we donated hundreds and thousands of uh, PPEs. We donated even ventilators, x-ray machines to hospitals. So there's a lot of outreach program that we did that I personally have to go to and to, to make sure that these are all delivered to hospitals, to communities. to uh, But also, aside from that, also, as I said earlier, we help a lot of displaced workers to make them work for us, to the delivery uh, personnel for us. No. Um, but aside from that also, from even our, you know that we have security guards and janitors in the malls, no? We we, we did not stop giving them uh, uh, salaries, even, we even gave extra allowance for them, no? even if they don't come to work. Because some of them, they were not able to come to work. So if they don't have to work, of course, they don't get paid, but we gave them allowances just to be able to get them through this, this, this difficulty. I believe that you know a, a, a big company like us no should really do all they can also to help out the community because in the end it's people helping people. It's the essence of the Filipino Bayanihan is very much alive during that time. We felt it and uh, there were a lot of help that was given. We were also, as a community being, you know, us, or where can we donate this? There was a lot of information campaign that came. We became also a, a place where people could, you know, could access to, to some communities. We helped them also now in, in terms of um, donations. Terrific. Now, um, uh, that's very good. Now, most companies are, are putting expansion plans on hold to preserve cash flow for obvious reasons. Uh, but SM has continued to expand with SM Prime with its footprint in Mindanao last November. Can you talk us through this and just how you're viewing your expansion plans at the moment? Okay, Tim. Our expansion plans are only affected 
during the time that we were locked down due to of course restriction in construction uh, uh construction sites no the shortage of labor which happened during lock during lockdown no? however we do not intend to slow down on our commitments to grow especially in an underserved regions like mindanao as we've we've, we've discussed earlier no sm butuan and sm minpro sambuanga opened to high volumes of foot traffic huh? all eager to have of course the branded um sm experience no this year uh it's business as usual we are opening sm city daet that is in uh, the Bicol region. We also are opening in SM City Rojas. Rojas is in Visayas. And we have a huge mall that we're opening in Monumento, which is in Metro Manila called SM City Grand Central. No? We, these are all happening within the year. We are almost done and um, we're preparing for the tenants are already constructing. We should be opening all these three malls third quarter this year. But aside from new malls, we also have many malls which are expanding and renovating in the next five years. We are bullish about the Philippines. And I think as soon as the vaccine is here, we foresee that there will be a return to our high growth of ex economy status as, as, as we have had in the previous years prior to the pandemic. Fantastic. Now, also, China is under your remit. Um, they had a different COVID experience. Um, I think it was a little bit sharper and more brutal with the shutdowns, but somehow they were able to reopen quicker. And you are now constructing an eighth mall in China. Can you talk to us about this mall and generally how you view China and which cities are, are also showing promise? Okay. Last year, well, China, really, China was a revelation. No? Uh, at the beginning of last year, the, the pandemic did have a certain impact on the construction of SM's new projects in China. But with the efforts and the support of their local government or, or even their government, no? pushing for the economy to move forward and they recovered very quickly. Actually, for me, China did an excellent job in terms of recovery. There are two projects that are under construction are still on schedule now, which is uh, the SM Shaman Phase 3 we already have two phases in, or two, two, two shopping center that's connected in Shaman. We are opening the, our third one. And we are also, uh, we, construction is in full swing, is also in SM Yangzhou. Uh, but once the pandemic lockdown was lifted, we were able to start construction by second quarter of 2020, last, that's last year, no? As there was not really so much restriction in, in terms of construction uh, as of, uh, as compared to operational malls. No? Well, SM Yangzhou and the phase three of Shaman are progressing smoothly well, in, accord, in, well, in accordance to the established construction timetable no? and will be completed hopefully by the end of uh, next year we will be able to open these two malls. No? But you know, China was the first to shut down uh, we closed our malls here in the Philippines mid-March, but in China, as early as early, I think the first or second week of, of February, they already closed, no? they already shut down. No? But they were also the first to, op to reopen. In late March, they were already back to, back to normal. And in May, as early as May last year, they were almost at 80% of the previous, pre previous year sales. So the recovery was faster in China, no? Um, yeah. And until now, they still continue to grow. Huh? 
the government in China has instituted impressive technology efforts to control COVID and they have succeeded. Everything is on their mobile phones. Tracking is much easier, I think. Our remotes even saw a revenge, the so-called revenge spending mode where customer came out to buy luxury goods, makeup, fashion accessories, and, and all the things that they really missed buying. No? We have so much to learn from China, really. And um, well, there's a lot of new trends, both online and, and, and on ground no, that they were doing in China that I think everybody could, could take a look at. Yes, let's talk about that. What's different about running malls in China? What's different about your malls in China to the Philippines? Okay, uh, I think, um, well, China is it's a, it's a relatively richer country, no? but of course, and the technology is also uh, more advanced. No? Uh, so I think the biggest difference was contact tracing. As early as February, they were already tracing whoever comes in the mall, who goes out the mall, the temperature, daily check, all the citizen, they were they, because they also have a national ID. They they were able to control the movement of the people, and I think that was really the main difference. Yep. Outside of the COVID, just generally, what would you say is different with your malls in China than the Philippines, and what is different in China, in in general, in the mall environment? Well, in the mall environment, I think um, the Philippines love to. To hang out. I mean, you've you've been to the Philippines a lot of times. They really love going out. So, and and Filipinos are more tactile. They like they love to touch. No. So I think, uh, it, uh, much as we know that online shopping or e-commerce has been here. I mean, it was in China for for the past ten years, but it has accelerated the growth here in the Philippines. But as you could see over the last, past few months here in the Philippines, people start warming to go out again. They, they missed shopping. I think it, it's in the culture, of it's in the Filipino culture that they really want to meet up, meet up with friends, go out and dine together and to go to the malls. No? Unlike in China, you have other areas where you could, you could, you could enjoy, like you could go to parks, you could go to uh, museums and, and et cetera, et cetera. But here in the Philippines, basically mall is really the place where it's like the modern day plaza. Of during that, if if you have during the Spanish times uh, in the 1800s, you have you have plazas where everybody congregates. Right now, it's it's here in the Philippines. It's really the shopping center. They love going to this to the mall. Yeah. Is there a difference in how much time people spend in a mall in the Philippines versus China? And because it's a place to meet, do you design the malls slightly differently in the Philippines? Do you have a different tenant mix and things like that? Yes. Uh, well, uh, in China, well. You know, it has been a global trend, though, that um, malls have shifted from a purposeful visit to a lifestyle centers. In in the Philippines, we also have redesigned our malls. No, we have more green spaces. We have bigger aisles now. As in, but if you go to a, an SM mall like maybe 20, 30 years ago, the, the, the malls are very purposeful. It's a shopping, 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 buy your essential and you go home. But right now, we have redesigned our malls to become a lifestyle center. But basically, it's almost the same in, in, in China. It's just that maybe some product mix um, because of the buying power. Uh, there are things that you can put in China that you cannot put in the Philippines because, of course, the buying power in China is high. 
higher, the expend uh, the power to spend more is all is also higher, and the basket size is also higher. So, for me, basically, it's not just about the Philippines. Even China in general, a country as big as China, in the north, down south, shopping centers are very different. The brand mix inside a shopping center in the northern part of China is very different from the brand mix in the southern part of China in Fujian. I'll give you an example, Muji. Muji is very simple. It's a Japanese brand, very simple, nice aesthetics. Uh, the colors very muted, khaki, a lot of khakis and beige works very well in Xiamen because maybe it's of the proximity to Japan and to Taiwan, but mm, I'm not so sure if it sells that well up north where people like a little bit more embellished uh, products, no? So even in China, just from the north to the south, it can differ a little. But same thing here in the Philippines, we look into the market, the local market, and try to adapt also to give the local flavor. So you have you see an SM mall uh, from the north down south, it can differ a little because we try to put some local flavors and some local excitement to it. Yeah, let's talk about that because you, you've recently redone the, the podium mall. I'm quite familiar with that uh, in Ortigas. And one thing I, I noticed compared to other malls is there's a very good mix of lifestyle, relaxation, food offerings, you know, on traditionally space that would have gone to the luxury brand. So people really feel they can go in there and sit down for coffee, um, have a meal at that lovely Filipino restaurant that's there. Um, it's not just Starbucks and shops, although you do have a Starbucks, but there's a lot of unique unique brands that will draw people in to spend a lunchtime there, to have a coffee. And then you've got the luxury brands as well that you, you've been ringing in. You know, Rolex in Ortigas is, is something new. So can you tell us about the tenant mix and your philosophy to that mall, perhaps? Because it's, uh, it's definitely an interesting one for people who haven't uh, been there. Okay. Uh, Podium is exactly beside a, a, a mega mall, which is, I'm sure you're also familiar with SM Mega Mall. It is one of our biggest, if not the biggest shopping center in, in our portfolio. It's, it's, it is, I think, the biggest also shopping center here in the Philippines. No? So how can you compete side by side with a giant like that? So that is why we recreated the Podium in a different manner. We create, you cannot make mega mall a, a a luxury mall because of the size a, a a mall as big as mega mall attracts all market from a to to c or to d so it's 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 basically welcomes everyone who wants to come in into our shopping center but then you have podium when we when we created podium we says Oh, how can we compete with Mega Mall? You're just gonna make a redundant, you know, shopping center. You cannot even put up something that that is as great as Mega Mall. So that's why we intentionally created a shopping center that we feel that is lacking in that community because we also feel that uh, the Ortigas market has a lot of affluent villages around. They don't have to go all the way to Makati. They don't have to, to go all the way to the fort because of the traffic situation also here in the Philippines. I think it's like bringing luxury closer to their homes. That's why when we curated, uh, when we put up a, the, the podium, it was really intentional that 
all the brands are well curated. We even went out to to we we even was traveling regionally, no, to pitch for podium. It's not something that oh we build and then we wait for people to apply and then and, and then voila, you have that. No, it was really intentional. Even the construction was done, you know, more the expense of construction is obviously higher than any other shopping centers we put up, right? Mm -hmm. So there was an intention to really up, to put up a uh, luxury or upscale mall in that area. So if I look at if I look at the podium mall, it's a lot of luxury watches, not so much in the luxury clothing space, and there's also a lot of fantastic coffee shops from around the world. You've got, uh, well, you can tell us better, 100% Arabica from Japan. You brought in Elephant Grounds from Hong Kong. It's very clear a lot of thought and effort has gone into this. Can you tell us, you, you know, a little bit more about the philosophy behind that and what you think it might mean for other malls that you're going to do? Okay. You know, we also try to adapt to the situation of, of or the current situation and the market around it. No? We feel that if we put in the Uber luxury brands, like, for example, if you look, put in a, a Louis Vuitton, Gucci and Prada, for, for the Philippines, it might be a little bit too quiet. And we need a mall also that, a lifestyle mall that people could really uh, enjoy, have fun, I mean, eat, dine, and people who have seen uh, one-off restaurants that's not duplicated in all other SM Super Mall. So there's a lot of this one-off restaurant, if you would see, well-curated, like, for example, there's Nikkei. It's a Peruvian Japanese cuisine. You have uh, Las Flores, which is a Spanish restaurant. So these are all... Uh, cuisines from all over the world, no? that that is done in in a local setting. No, uh, but um, the reason why also we feel that you know people would spend or affluent people will might spend on on uh, luxury watches, the likes of Rolex and Breitling or Mega, but I'm not so sure if they're willing to spend yet for a Prada suit that would cost you maybe five thousand US dollars, or perhaps they would go to Meson Kitsune to buy a shirt that costs a hundred dollars, but maybe not three hundred dollars. So we really also try to manage business and uh, a lifestyle environment or a lifestyle culture or a lifestyle that connotes to luxury products. Yeah, and I think uh, just not to harp on too much on that mall, but it's the one I'm most familiar with. Even putting, you know, top quality steakhouses uh, like Wolfgang's even right at the entrance really tells you something when you're going to enter what you're going to be getting. Um, have you taken any of this kind of luxury concept into China or is China still more mainstream malls? No, I think um, I, our Shaman phase two was already, you know, the first mall that we put up in China is our SM City Shaman. But the second phase, which is just beside SM phase one, uh, we already upgraded it. We already put up an upgraded offerings. No, so uh, you have an Apple Store there. You also have Wang Steakhouse from Taiwan, and uh, a lot of Givenchy was present, or it's present. Brooks, you have Brooks Brothers, and the Starbucks there is a Starbucks Reserve. So it was it was already done differently. It's the same thing how we did the strategy on how we did Mega Mall and Podium. In Shaman, we also did the same thing, SM City Shaman and SM Lifestyle Center. Uh, so the, 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 two, the two different uh, demographics, if you like, uh, in the same sort of location. Yes. And I don't know, uh, Tim, if you've been to SM City Aura also, no? 
I haven't been to Aura. Okay, Aura is a mall in BGC, no? Because of the environment where we are, we also try to upgrade our our mall offerings. Our tenancy tenancy mix there are also quite different, no? You have Maison Christian Dior, uh, and then you have a 2,000 square meter uh, footprint of selling luxury cosmetics only, and you also have a Rolex there. You have Patisserie Paul. And, and COS, which is the upper tier of H&M, is also opening this spring or second quarter this year. Oh, fantastic. Well, when travel is allowed, Stephen, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting back. Now, um, just a report from JLL reported that brick-and-mortar stores are continuing to close down in Manila with a higher uh, vacancy rate. Can you maybe share some of your understanding as to how your tenants are going in the malls and also talk about your click-and-mortar strategy that you implemented? Actually, SM started its digital transformation journey even before the pandemic hits the Philippines. No? So this is not something that's new to us. We have been innovating when we have been doing digital transformation even a couple of years ago. Our strategy was actually to design with only one thing in mind, to provide excellent customer experience. That's the only... Actually, digital transformation is such a big word. But... To tell you honestly, what, what is the really main purpose of digital transformation is to really to provide excellent customer experience. We have realized that especially with the younger generation, the consumer journey doesn't begin at curbside, but on their mobile devices. So it's nowadays it's so different doing marketing and doing doing all these uh, uh, operations. It's so different from what you're doing 20, 10 or 20, even 20 years ago. No, so the journey starts from your mobile devices, not from your curbside. So we have increased our footprint on digital, so that um, as of today we are we have 29.7 million followers on our social media assets and a high engagement rate of over 30%. Uh, the engagement rate of that 30 million followers is all, uh, more than 30%. And if you include Viber community groups, as well, what I was explaining earlier, we have over 43.8 million digital asset base as of today. So we engage our customers online, and if there's a strong drive to push the mall, or if there are some offerings, as well as options to buy whatever is needed or wanted online or pick up at the curbside. So as I've said earlier, customer is king. Whatever, how they want it, they're so spoiled nowadays. No? So however they want it, we bring it to their doorsteps. We have also established um, curbside pickup locations, though, huh? in many of our malls for our, for our customers to com conveniently buy online from our tenants and to collect their purchases at the SM mall nearest to them. You see, as I've said, we have 76 malls um, all over the country in the Philippines, from Luzon to Mindanao. If you have something that you wanted to buy from Baguio, you could have it sent to Mindanao or to, for example, into Cagayan de Oro or to Zamboanga. We could deliver that to you. No? So it's really the convenience of all our locations as well because we are spread out all over the country and we have this uh, logistics that that could help transport their their goods no? we also least recently launched our virtual mall app SMOs online uh, this app gives our customers another way to shop for their essentials you know gadgets your mobile phones and for or your favorite brand from uh, any of our SM SM malls no so 
I think um, this is really the way to the future. It's really giving convenience to customers, giving this omni-channel, how you want it, where you want it, when you want it, it's yours. Can you, can you give us any early early numbers on how that curbside pickup is going? What, How many pickups a day or what percentage of sales is it? Have you got any sort of data around it? Okay, you know, the the delivery, we, we look at it at total, no? the delivery and the pickups. No? During the lockdown, it was very high. During the lockdown, I think uh, half of the, well, uh, even the first few months of the lockdown, no? from May, uh, well, we locked down March, so we don't count the first two months. No? When we reopened May, maybe until September, it was very high. It was around 30% of the sales are going to either delivery or call to deliver or personal shopper. When we clamp it all together, it's really more than 30%. But recently, because of the easing of the of the government to allow people to go 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 out and also the availability of transportation nowadays it has gone down to only around uh, between 10 to 20 percent so right now it's still at around between 10 to 20 people are started to warming up the idea of going out and going to the shopping centers to the mall so we're, we're happy that the people are coming back that's still very high that 10 to 20 percent of your mall yes. sales are now through digital channels, I guess. Yeah, but that includes delivery, yeah? That includes delivery. Yeah. Uh, and, and in terms of the, the pickup, how high is the sales from people picking up curbside rather than going into the mall? Do you think that's something that might have a, a place in the future or is that really more temporary? Because I haven't seen that many other malls really doing a lot on curbside pickup. Curbside pickup was very good during the earlier days, but now it has really really gone down tremendously because of, you know, if you go out, you might as well just go to the mall and buy it. May as well go to the mall, have a nice coffee as well. Just yeah. while you're out there. <laughs> you're right. Now, um, what do you see as a future for real estate in the Philippines? Uh, and where is SM Prime Holdings going to be positioned in it? Okay, I think um, SM still very committed to, del to deliver sustainable, resilient and smart communities through its real estate portfolio, whether it's malls that's integrated with schools. You know that we have schools, not the National University that's that's owned by uh, SM and also residential condominiums, which is our own SMDC offices. We have a lot of assets on with, with that, that are part of community where everything is within easy reach and transportation is not going to be a problem. So there would be in the future, there would be a lot of smart cities that will be put up all over the country. So uh, because we have all the um, ability to put up smart cities because our shopping center, we have a convention center, we operate our own convention center, we are housing development, our condominium development, our schools, and so on and so forth. No? So even SM Malls Hotel and convention centers will continue to be places where communities gather, meeting places that are safe, convenient, and complete. No. Well, SM Prime is committed to continue to serve the Filipino market just like Henry C. did 60 years plus ago. We believe in this country and we believe in its continuous growth. Can you just outline a little bit more about your idea for the smart city with everything in there? You know, living, shopping, working, convention, hotel, schools. 
Are there any current examples in, in yeah. the Philippines? Mall of Asia. Mall of Asia is, is really one of the, this is a total of more than 60 hectares. I think it, uh, it's nearly 70 hectares. It's 67 hectares in totality. Where the SM Mall of Asia is the anchor. It, it occupies, I think, 19 per, 19 hectares of footprint of shopping center and then around it you have the conrad hotel you have uh, our smx convention center the biggest convention center facilities here in the philippines uh you also have our our arena where you know uh, lady gaga did, did did the first concert madonna did it also ariana grande also did the performance here you have several uh, e-com centers office buildings we have a total of uh, five right now uh, you have residential uh, condominiums thousands of residential condominiums around it and you also have a university our national our own national university occupies one building in the whole complex so this is a mixed use uh, smart cities where where everything is connected as, as a matter of fact no and and when you enter you could easily find your way because it's all controlled by by a, by one entity and i also believe that uh, amazon has actually got their offices down there as well in the philippines they took up one whole building. That's right, which brings me to the next question. How do you think uh, SM is positioned vis-a-vis e-commerce? The big guys, Alibaba, Amazon, aren't really in the Philippines yet. So you've got a head start against them. Tell us about how you think your positioning is there. Okay, we're not here to compete with any online or, or e-commerce platform. No, As a matter of fact, we embrace them. We welcome them to our malls. We, we will still continue as a shopping center over the next five years. We will continue to open malls in emerging cities and areas unserved by SM malls currently. For example, uh, in Mindanao, we opened in 2020 in cities where, I mean, pre SM has had previously not been present, Butuan and Sambuanga. There's a lot of uh, areas that we feel. We just had a meeting yesterday with our board, and there's still a lot of underserved uh, communities, the likes of Dumaguete, the Tagbilaran in Bohol. You know, the thing is, we're comprised of more than 7,000 islands. So um, logistics can be a problem. So I think malls will still be relevant in the next few years or in the next few decades, uh, de definitely we will innovate and keep, make sure that we adapt to the needs of our customers. Perfect. Now, you've just um, touched on some of the new developments. Can you go to us what's actually in project plan and, and, and going ahead for your upcoming developments? Okay. We had our planning session already uh, a couple of months ago, last, um, end of last year. And we did something for the next five years. In the next five years, you definitely will see us opening around five to six malls a year. In that's five to six shopping centers, new malls, no. But that is aside from the redevelopment. We also have uh, expansion plans and expansion programs uh, in our portfolio, no. So it's business as usual, Tim. Well, that's a lot of business. So that's 30 malls roughly over the next five years. And yes. how many are there currently in the portfolio? Uh, 
Right now we are 76, that's what we counted. But of course, there's a lot of small community centers that we did not count. No, We put up those, uh, a lot of community centers that uh, like, for example, SM Center Nagtahan. No, It is a mini, mini mall, tiny, tiny mini mall that's anchored by a by, by our supermarket no? with some services and essentials. No? But we don't can't count that in. If you count all these centers in, it will come up to almost a hundred or more than a hundred. And speaking of counting, with the new sort of malls that you're planning, do you have any idea how much is going to increase your gross foot space for the malls? Okay, uh, well, we, we, I don't want to publicly uh, announce it, but, but our vision is really to, at least in the next five years, not the whole SM Prime, uh, this has not yet been announced. No? So we, we still uh, are seeing a lot of growth. And, and a double-digit growth for in the next few years. Fantastic. And finally, what are some trends that you're taking into account with the new malls that are on the on the planning board? Okay, uh, we feel that there's a lot of uh, new new trends that you will you will see. You now we will be adding a lot of new brands, whether it's um, it's foreign or local. You now we also try to develop a lot of local restaurants and local products that we see that is already very competitive to the global market. But aside from that, there's a lot of global brands that are still very bullish in coming into the market, the likes of COS, um, which is a COS is the higher tier of H&M. No? We, we will make its market entry through SM um, uh, this coming uh, second quarter of the year. No? They will open at SM, City, uh, SM Aura. Uh, in, in at the fourth, no. Uh, but aside from that, you see a lot of downs, uh, resize, right sizing rather. But uh, right sizing does not mean reducing of space. Huh? Many of our partner tenants are actually uh, needed more space. Like I'll give an example: Pet Express, uh, which is our own retail affiliates. They used to occupy only uh, around 150 to 200 square meters of space. Now, all of a sudden, because of the interest of Filipinos towards pets, they are looking for like a, a footprint of more than 500 square meters. So a lot of all these things happening, but as a, op, a mall operator, you really just have to listen to your customers and know what they need and pivot your business as quick as possible. You have to make sure that you communicate with your customers and to know what they want and what they are looking for to create. This is going to evolve every year it's not gonna be like uh, uh we're gonna plan for our our malls and this is going to be our uh, format for the next 10 years no things will change in the speed of light faster than anybody could think so you you really have to be very sensitive put your ears on the ground and make sure you know what's going on in the market you communicate with your customers so that you'd be able to design your most accordingly. Any other sort of anecdotes? I like the pet store anecdote. What other ones, what other little changes are you, are you seeing in terms of what you're putting into the malls? Okay, for us, omni-channel is also the key of the future. You cannot just be happy with what you are doing right now. As, as I've said earlier, and I've said over and over, customer is king. You have to give whatever they are looking for and make it available to their doorstep or if they're coming in, make it easy for them. A brand, a brand has to be shoppable and shippable. It cannot just be either or, it has to be both. 
a brand has to be shoppable and shapeable and you have to create that um memorable customer experience in your brick and mortar store to be able to compete with e-commerce yeah terrific well look one, one thing i can say having experienced the sm malls is in most countries a mall is just a place you go uh but in the philippines an sm mall is a place you live work and play and uh we certainly have seen a lot of that with our staff and, and myself down in your mall so Wishing you all the best with the future plans, Stephen, and thank you so much for your insightful interview today. Thank you, Tim. It is a pleasure, and I really enjoyed the afternoon. It's like just talking to a friend. <laughs> I think we are we are good friends. That is our second yes, time talking because you joined uh, one of our uh, earlier webinars last year. Um, now, lastly, if listeners are looking to learn more about SM Prime Holdings or SM Super Malls and your advice, how can they reach you? Okay, um, they'll just email us. Uh, we have our, our email address on our, on our website. No? That's smsupermalls.com. Fantastic. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for being our first uh, interviewee for the Real Estate Asia uh, podcast and uh, wishing you all the best for this year with your very exciting plans. And uh, please allow us to check back with you from time to time to cover more of the minutiae when new malls are launched and new tenants are coming in and you're doing new things. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to her channel on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcast. For more information, check out realestateasia.com.